Hey, listeners, you're listening to Vicious Cycle, the podcast about periods and the people who get them. I'm one of your co-blosts, Meg Trowbridge. I'm Kate Elston. And I'm Meg Hayes. Um, we are so excited about this episode. One of our dear friends from the comedy world is uh, sitting down with us virtually to talk about her um, infertility journey and experience with IVF. Her name is Millie Brooks. She's got her own podcast called Me, Myself, and Millie, and uh, she is talking to all sorts of people in the IVF community um, and fertility community and just destigmatizing infertility. And she's doing wondrous things. And so we got to sit down with her and um, talk about what that's all like. Um, but before we get into our interview with Millie, Kate, I believe we have a couple of phone calls. We do, y'all. You know, we've gotten some real, real good ones lately. Yes. And I don't like to toot my own horn but, you but do like I to do toot. like to tickle my own horn <laughs> you love to toot you love to, to tickle <laughs> <laughs> um I'd like to to just tickle our ivories maybe oh don't mind um, if we do <laughs> <laughs> um we've just gotten yeah I don't know why but uh, listeners are feeling generous and they and they've sent us some nice messages so I just wanted to to play those and mm. here's number one Hello, this is Genevieve. Just wanted to let you guys know that I started a master's of social work program. And we had to write a paper about a, quote, good trouble topic. Um, And your guys' podcast inspired me to write a whole paper and do a research project on menstrual equity. And it was actually funny because I had to quote you guys. Um, So you guys are in my references section of one of my papers. And then to take it further, um, we had to make a quick video that we had to show to the whole class. Um, so in my video, I was like, yeah, I'm talking about periods and the people who get them, quote your guys' podcast, and about tampons and menstrual equity. And it was a hard thing to say out loud, um, but you guys have given me the courage to dive into those uncomfortable discussions uh, because I think it's really important to fight for um, periods and the people who get them and how we shouldn't have to feel uncomfortable about that. So wanted to share, I deeply appreciate your po- podcast and each one of you, and I hope you're doing well. Thanks. Bye. Oh, Yay. that's amazing. Honored. I like so teared up just a little bit. Yeah. Thank that's you, really Genevieve. Cool. That's so lovely. I want to know what you quoted of us, actually. Right. Like, yeah. don't, I mean, was it about tooting and tickling? Because that's embarrassing. <laughs> also, like, we're not doctors, so please don't. <laughs> According to research done by... It's like, no, 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 no. According to um, one website, I now know everything there is to know about ovaries. <laughs> um, no, thank you. That, that's so sweet. And we're glad that, you know, it, we inspired you in our weird way. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Next toot. <laughs> next toot comes from frequent blawler and frequent listener who we we don't know she just knows us well, a lot of the, a lot of these callers we sometimes we know in person or through people we don't know her but mari thank you for calling here's Aww. your message sweet mari hey ladies this is mari calling um i just wanted to tell you um a little story um my recently i've been um, um, in charge of my grandma and then her like full, um, they take care of her fully. Um, and I've been taking, giving her like a full checkup and we, uh, reached the point, uh, where she has to get like her gynecology appointment. And it was just like a very uncomfortable situation for her. She hasn't gone in years and 
I um I learned um, from your podcast. I literally just like sat there and I told her everything was going to be fine and like I told her some sto- some funny stories about like gynecologists and like some of the things that like women complain about but like nothing to worry about and um it wasn't a comfortable situation but um your podcast has really helped me kind of reach out to her in a way like woman to woman no matter what our age is we can always um talk about periods without shame and it really like made her come more comfortable for the process okay that's it. Love you guys. Bye. Oh, gee, that. that was so sweet. I know. I'm like, you know what? We might not be totally suited for higher, like higher ed and academia, but we are suited for funny stories to tell your grandma. <laughs> yes. <laughs> During a pelvic exam, that is us to a T. Very specific. <laughs> I had no idea that you get a pelvic exam that late in life. Yeah. So I think we I should mean, pose check that to for, Dr. Kate. Yeah, to oh, check boy. for cervical cancer, I would imagine. Yeah, I, you're probably totally right, but I was like, what? Like, I thought... I After like, menopause, you're done, right? You're done. There's no, there's nothing happening down no there. No more duck lips shall pass this I mean, threshold. <laughs> you shall not pass. We know that STDs <laughs> can, you know, go to any age vagina. That's so. true. Yeah. We know everyone's getting their I don't know why we know whenever. that. I don't know that, like, personally. I don't know why. I was like, we know. My friend Doris. my grandma. Is constantly. No. We all just so happen to volunteer at a very happening health care facility for very elders. nursing home. <laughs> so into that. Um, okay, great. Well, thank you so much, listeners. We really are happy that this this little podcast Uh, touches people in the way that it does Um, and speaking of podcasts that touch people let's get to Millie's episode Um, yeah yeah let's do it we recorded this back in August she was recently featured in the Chronicle let's hear what she has to say yeah the SF Chronicle oh yeah SF Chronicle for all of our international listeners here's that episode Millie Brooks how excited are we to have you in the quote-unquote studio with oh, us today? Oh, I am thrilled. The, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you. It's it's shared. It's very, <laughs> very shared. <much. laughs> I mean, the famous Millie Brooks from Instagram. Yes. The influencer Millie Brooks is here with you us. You guys, I, I have to say I've been working really hard on it. I'm, I, it shows. It's real, yeah. you know, it's, you know, there's, there's not a lot to do right now, so I'm just putting <laughs> all of my energy into... The Instagram basket. Yeah, it shows. It definitely shows. You got. You have like a schedule. You have a. It's great. Thank you. Yeah, we could learn a thing or two. (laughs) You know, honestly, I'm just glad people want to hear what I have to say. (laughs) I mean, they always. We always did. Not really, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, speaking of Instagram and things you have to say. We're specifically talking about your Instagram account that promotes your podcast. Yes. Um, so talk to us about starting your podcast and the journey that it's gone on and kind of where your focus is now. Oh, I love it. So I have a podcast um, called Me, Myself, and Millie. And it sort of started off as this podcast about pop culture and hot goss 
through the Mm. lens of your nosy neighbor. And (laughs) I, you know, all of that was really fun, but it was also really exhausting to like stay on top of like news and pop culture and music and TV and celebrities. Mm. Um, And then I like something kind of exploded in my life, which I know we'll get to, where my husband and I had difficulty trying to conceive. And Mm -hmm. so I decided to um, kind of take a little bit of a detour on the podcast and talk about our, you know, infertility and different pathways to parenthood. And it's really like, it's talk about like taboo subjects. It's such a taboo subject. Like mm-hmm. I, I commend you guys for like even talking about, you know, talking about periods is great. And then like there's another, you know, layer of talking about infertility, which like mm-hmm. people are so ashamed. They don't even know where to start. It's um, it's hard to navigate. Um, and people and the podcast is really like taking off in that direction. So it's sort of morphing into something else, which I think is okay. You know, it's just yeah. like proving that there's a need out there to a space for, you know, everybody to share their stories and to um, kind of gain support around this. Did you find it hard at all to open up and be vulnerable about something that was is really taboo a hundred percent like I definitely felt like well the first thought that came into my mind was like what is my mother-in-law gonna think and what is my sister-in-law gonna think yeah right I've never had that thought and maybe I should now Uh-oh. Oh, we all have people do they in have our ears? lives where we're like, <laughs> I, that was that was the first thing. And I couldn't have been more wrong. They were so supportive. They were like so engaging. They were like, we're rooting for you. Thank you for telling us this. So like the people that I thought would have the hardest time with it were it was the complete opposite reaction. And um But it has been tricky. I think that what I've found is um, women are really comfortable talking about it. Men are not so much. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll get into this later, but our story, our diagnosis is male factor infertility, which means my husband has sperm, but not enough of it to... um, uh, get me Cross the finish line. Yeah, cross the finish line naturally. So, um, so that's, you know, it's challenging, you know, it's really difficult men. It's such a, it's such a deep rooted, like machismo thing for men. Oh yeah, totally. I, we, I talked about this on the podcast a little bit. So at first, you know, my husband was, didn't, wasn't like, kind of didn't want to talk about it on the pot. Like it was like, I really would prefer you don't talk about it. But then when he started hearing other people's stories, like really close friends, yourself with Rowan like he was just like oh it's way more common than people think and so then when we were just telling people like over dinner or like you know social distancing in our backyard he'd be like it was mate male infertility what's up (laughs) so I was like I was like thank like it's it's so yeah it's so important to 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 bring those dudes into this that was Rowan's reaction too he was like a lot of people think it's the woman like there's so much emphasis on the oven and the egg and like mm-hmm. you don't even think about the sperm. 
I will say this fun fact. Like I am, well, it's not really fun. It's depressing, but it's important. But we can make it. <laughs> we'll make it fun. Yeah, <laughs> this is a comedy podcast, baby. This is important for people to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is coming from my doctor. Um, she told me that sperm counts have been diminishing with each generation. And since like World War II, and a lot of it has to do with chemicals and plastics. Wow. Yeah. Like paraffins, PBAs, all that stuff is actually affecting male, like men's sperm count. And um, they even had to like adjust the normal numbers for men. Um, Like our grandfathers had so much more sperm than what we're dealing with. <laughs> yeah, Grandpa Jim. Yep. <laughs> Grandpa Ralph. Bumper? He just, he my had My grandpa made. was Grandpa Ralph. Oh. oh my God. I love it. That's why my mom is one of seven. <laughs> Oof, that explains it. I mean, I think I also heard this, Millie, on you, some uh, an excerpt from one of your podcasts or during a podcast, I think it was from you, that, you know, Michelle Obama famously has announced that she went through IVF for both of her kids and what sort of like the underlying assumption is that it was male factor because Obama was such a big smoker. Yes. Um, And I, and, but I don't think that would probably ever come out because a former president cannot be seen as not having enough sperm. Yes. Um, But I thought that was really interesting. It's like, that's, that's probably what it was. Yeah. The smoking nicotine can be a factor. Oh Yeah. Wow. Yes. Smoking nicotine, hot tubs, bicycles, um, uh, tight, tight, like boxer shorts. What? Yeah. These all sound like wives tales that are like actually true. Like this is something your grandma would tell you like as she was taking her teeth out and you'd be like, okay. (laughs) Um, Make sure your husband doesn't wear ten undies that are tight. Tell him to change to box of briefs. Did did Rowan have to like change anything and did that up his count at all? Yes, he definitely started on a vitamin routine. Um, It was, oh my God, he was taking so many. He was taking like zinc, Iron, CoQ10, which is like the reproductive vitamin. What? I mean, again, I'm not a doctor, hmm. but I am a fertility sleuth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Please make that the new tagline of your show. Someone fertility. draw that. Oh my God, sleuth that's so cute. So You're good. the Nancy Drew of fertility. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, I'm picturing it. Like your new poster for your podcast is just you like this. <laughs> like but instead of a staircase, it's like a woman's vagina. Yeah. Like you're like <laughs> yes. And you have you have a magnifying glass over your eye, but instead of an eyeball being big, it's like an egg and a sperm. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Well, I know one thing, because we had the honor of talking to Kate's uh, fertility doctor, um, and from talking to her, she said something that resonated from one of the conversations Millie and I had, which is, like, uh, don't settle for your first doctor, or or if, if your first doctor doesn't sit right with you, keep it, keep looking. And so I know Millie kind of had a journey through certain fertility specialists until you found the one that 
was right. Oh, 100%. You got to shop around. Shop around. You better shop around. Mm, shop around. And um, <laughs> I, and that's exactly what I did. My therapist actually gave me the advice to get a second, third, and fourth opinion. Mm. And so... That's- tough it's tough it's really tough but i'm gonna tell you something i learned something new at each consult Mm. um which was like instrumental and the other thing was like we didn't until i found the doctor that i actually went that i you know went with for my ivf treatment all the doctors leading up to that they were male and they were all sugarcoating my husband's sperm results Hmm. And they were all like just downplaying the reality of our numbers, you know, Mm. and um, it was it wasn't until we actually went through IVF, you know, you go through IVF, they're looking in there, they're investigating everything, they're looking at your eggs, they're looking at your sperm in a laboratory. So you get a pretty comprehensive embryologist's report after IVF. It wasn't until after that that my doctor was like, you have male factor infertility. Interesting. So you didn't even know that when you went in for IVF. Right. We were just like, people had told us like, eh, you might have a mild male factor. You might have unexplained infertility. But my doctor doesn't believe in unexplained infertility. Yeah, I don't, that's bullshit. It's bullshit. (laughs) She wants answers. And you got to find a doctor who's as excited about knocking you up as you are. (laughs) I love that. Um, I also love this idea of like unexplained infertility. And it's like, well, did you step over a crack? Mm. (laughs) That could be it. Under a ladder? Did you walk under a ladder? Was there a black cat that scurried across your path? Oh, that's the reason. That was it. (laughs) Um, so give our listeners, our listeners, a, um, recap of your, what you went through and specifically what IVF actually is, because I was trying to explain it and I didn't do a good job last episode. So (laughs) Kate used a lot of finger gestures. It was like, there's something that happens on the outside and the inside. And then Dr. Lane gave a really good explanation. Um, but it'd be nice to hear it from someone who went through it. Yeah. What, yeah. What it's like, all the injections, all the feelings. So IVF essentially is in vitro fertilization and in vitro means in glass. So the fertilization just happens in a pe- in a glass petri dish instead of in the in the tubes or you know yeah the tubes. Yeah. And um so what they do is they go and collect the sperm and they collect the eggs. Um, and when they, the, when they collect the eggs, that's called an egg retrieval. And so leading up to the egg retrieval, typically a woman only ovulates one or two eggs a month, maybe two. It's mostly just one, um, during ovulation. And so after, so what the, um, they're called stims. The purpose of taking all the medicine before the egg retrieval is so that you get more than one egg, essentially. So you're hyper stimulating your ovaries to produce as many eggs as you can um, so that they can hopefully fertilize and grow in the laboratory. And um, I had 
ovarian hyperstimulation, which means I had a lot of eggs in my basket. Hello. <laughs> it was. And is it from both ovaries? Yes. Like both ovaries? Good question. Yes. Mm-hmm, thank you. They, <laughs> I've never thought about that. She's paying attention. <laughs> I know we've got two. <laughs> um, yes, they, they go in there with a needle and they go through the uterus and right like diagonally to the ovary and suction out the egg out of the follicle. What? what? Yeah. Yeah. Holy moly. And so And this is this is surgery? Yes. Oop. Yep. Wow. Okay. I did get you get you get like twilight sleep is what they call. Sure. Ooh. So you Oh yeah. You know, so you're there but you're not there. Yes, exactly. And um I had 34 eggs. Hello. Dang. Which so- was intense. Wow, and and I mean, so because so, the way you phrased it, uh, like overstimulated or like hyperstimulated ovaries, but that's not a bad thing. That's actually like it was a good result, right? It was a good result. We were very. It was a. It was very successful, and we're v- and leading up to this, you're injecting yourself every night with various yes goodness lotions and potions. Yes, lotions <laughs> and potions end? and hormones. <laughs> And um, human growth hormones to like help the eggs to make sure they're mature. I was doing a lot of estrogen and you're doing and then you also are taking like you're taking hormones and drugs to like, you know, beef up all the counts of the eggs. But you're also taking drugs to stop ovulation because you're wild, you know, because your body wants to ovulate. If um, an egg gets to a certain size, you know, yeah. so so it wants. OK, as our I think maybe our analogy of an ov- our ovary episode, the egg is trying to leave the backstage to make its entrance. But it's being told. But but you're taking drugs to tell it stay there. You're not your call's not on. Yeah, you're not in act one. Hold. You're in act two. Yeah. You're in act two. This this time the this, lead this. is in a is in stuck in traffic. We have to hold. You got. You hold. guys are in the right business. That's a, that's a great metaphor. Um, that's I so mean. fascinating. Also, and so Millie is, is an actor, so this is hitting on so many. I levels. know. So this many. Is really resonating. <laughs> um, so Millie, while your eggs are waiting for their call to go on, um, <clears throat> and you're taking all these drugs, what is that doing to your body? Oh, How does that feel? You guys, it was like I had 34 water balloons in my stomach. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because they're oh all each little follicle is filled with fluid along mm-hmm. with right. the egg, you know, so it's all this fluid down there. And yeah, and I honestly I was on so many I was doing my my doctor swears to coconut water because, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. yeah, she was I like coconut water. coconut water, Gatorade, all those things to keep your electrolytes up. And to help gain all the fluid. Because the fluid is good in there. Yeah. Wow. Did you see a noticeable difference? Like you're oh, yeah. you super bloated? I, it, it hurt to sit down. Like Oof. two days before the egg retrieval, I like needed, I was carrying around a pillow everywhere to sit down. Oh, Oof. And then they extract the eggs. Correct. They retrieve. Yep. Mm. Um, they say, okay, eggs, we're taking you. 
but it's not the entrance that you expected. We're <laughs> plucking you from backstage. Right. We're putting you in a in a different place. You're at the wrong theater. <laughs> you're at the wrong theater. <laughs> and you're all going to be put in a petri dish which is in this metaphor is a green room yes <laughs> yeah. yes or like you're in the audience and they need audience participation <laughs> like i think green room works because then what happens room. is that you're waiting to go on yes. like you're right. you know um so <laughs> that just really loves immersive theater <laughs> <laughs> It's a dinner There's theater. so many actors backstage. I'm just Go back to the green room. I'm just trying to line up my story to see if this really works. <laughs> I think it does. I think it does. Okay. So, like, the green room is like the Petri dish. That's right. the holding right. room. Totally, totally. It's the holding room. So then what's Rowan doing at this time? He is coming in a cup. <laughs> he's an usher he's an usher no. the doctors have told him please sir you don't have to do this anymore no it's all right I think I, got a couple more. I, I, I think I got a few more in me so oh he's doing God. that like the at the same time you're doing egg retrieval yes in cool. a different room and um <laughs> that is a lot of pressure by the way oh I at know at least all we have to I mean like yes ours is invasive but like we don't have to do anything. You don't have to be horny. And he had to yeah. do it at 7 a.m. 7 a.m. Oh, my God. It was hard. But anyways, they took his sperm, and they didn't just put it into a Petri dish. They injected it. We used um, Pixie, which is um, similar to ICSI. ICSI is where they just take the sperm through a, ne- a needle and put it right through the egg. So it the mm. the chances of fertilization are much higher. They're like a hundred percent at that right. point. Um, and so, that's like feeding the actor their line. Right. It's like totally. you can't mess this up. It's a stage treating. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Totally. Exactly. <laughs> We're a disaster. And um, <laughs> and but we did pixie, so they specially picked certain sperm. That oh, was yeah, good. like the good. They like pick the good ones. Yeah. They had auditions. It's equity. It. It's, it was an equity show. It was an equity it was, show. They flew it was, in from New York. They, there was a callback. There was a callback. <laughs> so, and then from there, you had 34 eggs be fertilized. And then from there, a certain number become viable, right? So actually, of the 34 eggs were retrieved, only 32 of them were mature. And they okay. only fertilized the mature eggs. Gotcha. So um, I had, they um, definitely injected 32 eggs with the sperm, but only 24 of them actually fertilized. Gotcha. Wow. Okay. And then from there. From there, we wait a week and see how, if they grow in like, they put them in this special formula, special temperatures that are like the uterus to see them grow to a blastocyst stage. Wow. Which is like day five, day six. And then at that point, the ones that grow to day four, like, you know, they're all expanding. The cells are dividing. They're like, they're they're growing, hopefully. Yeah. And the ones that grow, we had nine that turned into a blastocyst. And of those nine we sent those off to PGS testing. Okay. And this... And that's genetic testing. That is genetic testing, Mm. which if you... It's 
it's an additional expense, mm. um, but it low reduces your risk of miscarriage, mm. which we felt was important. And it could save money in the long run, right? You wouldn't have to. Exactly, because right. you're not doing transfer after transfer with right. eggs that yeah. you're not sure are genetically normal. Right. Yeah. I mean, you have to get a genetic test anyway when you're like, however far along like either through a blood test or just like ultrasound so it's mm -hmm. nice to kind of know and i don't have to do that now that's great yeah. which is nice did you also pick the gen could you have picked the gender we could have mm -hmm. but it was a landslide in one direction really, really? yes so wild. Yes. Well, I know that you're keeping... Oh, wait. By the way, listeners, we'll probably intro this at the top, but Millie, this was successful. This was yes. a successful <laughs> yes. transfer. Yes. Yes. So, yes. so, okay, great. So, but before we knew it was successful, you were... Um, so you got... You implanted... So you figured out however many were genetically sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And out of that, how many did you end up implanting? So we... Out of the nine that we tested, seven were normal. And the embryologist gives like a grade for each of them, like just based on appearance, you know, their cell, how they divided, you know, were they slow, were they fast, what everything looks like, blah, blah, blah. It's so a this, do this doctor is kind of like, like a theater critic, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> um, so yeah, we we put in the best embryo, um, which was our plan all along. Um, like regardless of gender, it's like just give us the strongest. Yeah, and we because of my age, we only transferred one embryo. I know that um, when you get into the you know over thirty five age forties they will transfer more than one in case one doesn't stick. So we did a transfer and it worked. And um, I'm currently 10 weeks pregnant. Yay! That's so exciting. We're so happy for you. Oh, thanks, guys. Uh, I know because one of the things uh, that I learned from following your IG um, is that it with like you only this week maybe stopped taking like oh. hormones and and medication this yes yes this is the this is the nitty gritty the dark oh. underbelly and the thing that you shared that because you were like listing like these are the things that I've had to continue taking while I've had well I've been growing this embryo in my own body and you mentioned a suppository and I was like <gasps> what and then you showed a picture of it because you're a badass. Can you tell us more about this? 100%. Yeah, I'm going to need to know about 100%. So I had to, in a when a, somebody gets pregnant naturally without in vitro fertilization, um, the ovaries produce the hormones to sustain the pregnancy. Mm. And um, because I didn't have it like that, I had to get my estrogen and my progesterone, which progesterone, oh, that would be a great episode. Just all about progesterone. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. don't, take it or leave it. That's just my two cents. <laughs> no, yes. <laughs> um, because that Kate is- Kate, put it on the list. I, that is the, 
like stay pregnant hormone. That's like the lining hormone, right? Yeah. Oh, no, estrogen is the lining hormone because I had to take that too. Because mm. um, that helps your uterus to the uterine lining like you're mm. talking about. But progesterone is like adding water to the marathon. It's like gives mm. the embryo enough juice to um, grow. And so feedback to an actor. Yeah. <laughs> praise. It's praise to a budding it's actor. Praise. <laughs> they feel like they can keep going on. And you had, before IVF, you had done a couple IUIs, right? Yes. And I would say, like, that was a fun experiment Um, (laughs) (laughs) because it's really questionable. Doctors will debate whether or not it's worth it to do IUIs if you have less than 10 million sperm. Mm. And that's what we were dealing with. So question for you, this might be a little personal, but I think you've spoken about this. Like, what was the cost of all of this for you and and talk about like access and how that all works out have you ever bought a cadillac (laughs) why we all have cadillacs have you (laughs) i'm gonna call my children my cadillac children (laughs) it was between um i haven't actually calculated our receipts but they are sitting you know, very crisply in an envelope. Um, and I would... Alphabetized, of course. Yes. I would say it was between 20 and 35K. Was any of it covered Ooh. by insurance? Nothing. Mm. What? Wow. Mm. Nothing. That's so messed up. It's so messed up. It's so backwards. You know, you can go to the UK... And they give it, they, the NHS offers at least two rounds free of IVF. Wow. Really? Yeah. You, wow. I mean, everybody's scenario is different. I know you have to go through a certain number of IUIs, but then mm. you are offered IVF for free. Wow. Wow. Um, we, uh, we talked a lot about two other potential parents trying to get pregnant and what it meant when you were trying and then the period didn't come or the period did come. So every time you gave it your best college effort and then you got your period, like what was it? Did you start to resent the period? Uh, was it, it was know, awful. Like how, how did that feel? I, mm. You just hated it. You just hated the period. It was, it was also just like a nut. It, it was like a week of just being so depressed and feeling so mm. deflated. Like, this didn't work. You know, what am I going to do now? What's my next plan? And then you like, and then I go into hyper sleuth mode, which is mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to add this this vitamin. Okay, now I'm going right. to put my legs up for a half an hour. Okay, yeah. now I'm going to like put pillows under my ass. You know, like <laughs> all this stuff. And it's just all the things that that the uterus haver is like certain they're doing that's preventing 
it from mm. happening, you know? Totally. It's like so much pressure putting on our own bodies. Totally. Totally. And you, you do this weird th- symptom spotting thing where you're like, oh, is this a sign? Oh, is that a sign? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And I was peeing on so many sticks. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. Were you peeing yeah. on ovulation sticks too? Oh, just- any stick you gave me, I peed on it. <laughs> Stick from the woods, pregnancy stick, popsicle, <laughs> the the dipping dipping st- you lick and dip, fun dip, fun if dip. Stick. I had it in my bathroom. It had urine on it. That's all I have to say. You have a wicker basket of sticks. Don't touch that. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw a meme shared by you or someone else in the fertility community that was like my boobs hurt from me grabbing them so much to feel if they're sore. Yes, yes. Which <laughs> like, yes, yes. is interesting for me because usually my boobs are really sore leading up to my period. Like that's my number one mm-hmm. written a song about it. Like it, that's yeah. what it was. But for when I was pregnant, they weren't. And so then I was like, do, because, but, but then there's other times when they weren't sore, but then I still got my period. So it's definitely like, yeah, you're just like constantly like jiggle, jiggle, jiggle. Yes, you're like, you're just like tapping them the whole time. Like, oh, does that hurt? And that, that quote was from Jamie. She's, she's a great, she's a great resource for anybody who's in this kind of situation. Her handle is at Infertile Chronicles. And it's true. Like you just, you're squeezing your boobs and you can't tell if you're just like, if it's a symptom or if it's just from squeezing your tits too hard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So now that you are pregnant and you've sort of built this community and this name recognition in the fertility community, um, you, I know you've posted about this too, but like, is there some sort of what what happens next like now are you out of the community are you no longer you know that's a great question so i will always be part of this community because if we want to have a second child i'll have to do another transfer and so mm-hmm. it, i won't have to do another retrieval which i'm very grateful for but we we will have to go through part of this process again and I, I'll say, like, the scars of infertility never really leave you. That was something mm-hmm. somebody said to me um, early on in this process. And um, it's so true. Like, you you go through something. You're, you're, the treatments that you're doing are, like, they're equivalent to, like, what some people do when they're on cancer treatment. You know, like you're going to so many appointments, you're doing so much medicine, like you're really putting your body through the ringer, you know. Mm. And um, I had a parent that went through cancer and I will say like I had to give administer some shots to that parent. And it when I was giving myself those shots, it reminded me of that, you Mm. know. So I think I'm I think I'm an infertile myrtle for life. <laughs> you posted on Instagram on your board about pregnancy guilt and how and even in your pregnancy announcement you were like hey the, it's while we're so excited like recognize that a lot of these followers are still on the journey, you know. Yeah. Um 
and I know Kate too, like you kind of went back and forth about like, when's the right time? And like, do I even do this? And I know people who are still trying. And, and so I think that's kind of interesting because I feel like so many people are just like, of course you should post. It should be celebrated. This is great news. But I'm, uh, I wanted to open up that. Yeah, that territory for you to both. It's really tricky, you know, because there was a few people when I was about to start the IVF process that, you know, good friends of mine that were were announcing their pregnancies and their birth announcements. And I was like, I can't watch this. I I, it's Mm. so and I I hated that I couldn't be happy for them. You know, like I wanted to be happy for them, but there was a part of me that was like, wow, they got they got there so easily. You know, and it brings up it's a reminder of what you don't have, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it was hard for me to um you know, to announce where the pregnancy because I knew it would sting for a lot of people and when I announced it, I I lost about 20 followers. Really? Yeah. Which wow. I don't I don't hold, you know, I don't hold sure. any ill will towards that decision, but they just can't they can't do it, you know? And yeah. I will be talking about my pregnancy um, you know, on my page, and I don't want mm-hmm. that to make anybody feel bad. Yeah, I think it's like social media can be such a like a misconstrued place where people take things the wrong way. So I was like really cognizant of just like, I want to do this in a way that's not, that acknowledges, you know, that we tried for a while and that like, you know, this without, without going into too much detail in that post. But yeah, it was, yeah, it's tough. Cause yeah, I, you know, so many people like, you know. Yeah. I mean, for every person that, um, is pregnant right now. I know probably five people that aren't and are still trying, you know, and it, and it's really hard. It's a really tough, it, it's tough to find like the strength to keep going and keep pushing, you know? Mm. And I've also met some people in the community that have just said, thrown up their hands and said, this isn't for me anymore. You know, I, I can't do, whatever, I can't do a third round of IVF. I can't do this. And they either have chosen to live a child-free life or they have gone through embryo adoption or egg adoption, you know, donor eggs, donor sperm kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, different people's paths lead to different, you know, directions. What are your tips for um, listener, our listeners that might be embarking on this journey and specifically when it comes to like the fertility community and like becoming a part of that? Would you recommend that people kind of dive into that? I think that it's really important to find people you can talk to about it. Um, and whether that, you know, create a fake count on Instagram if you don't want people to know that, if you want to be anonymous, you know, the kids call that Finsta oh, Instagram. So Finsta, okay. <laughs> do a Finsta. So do a Finsta, do a Finsta, get Finsta. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but find people that can um, relate to what you're going through, because I went to a couple of support groups and I'm still going to support groups. Um, Resolve is the national infertility 
um, awareness organization, and they have support meetings all over the country. And they actually have a lot of them in the Bay Area. Um, And just talking to like, I found my doctor through a support group. Um, So it's really helpful. And it, you know, you, you don't want to compare each other's journey, but it's helpful to know like, oh, this girl took aspirin. Maybe I should ask my doctor about taking aspirin. Mm. You know, it just gives you more. It's a big resource. And then I'd also say like, um, you know, uh, what would I say? Oh, ask a lot of questions and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to go to your doctor with a list of questions and like shamelessly asking them things because you are paying them a lot of money. And that's the attitude that I had. I was like, I'm buying a Cadillac right now, a Cadillac yeah. child, and you will answer all of my questions. I make sure I leather upholstery. Cadillacs right. cost more than what you spent. <laughs> <laughs> If we're fact-checking this analogy, which I always do. I'm buying a new but not leather-upholstered Mazda. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, and it only has like 10,000 miles on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Anything else you want to say before we just like kind of wrap up and talk about like just your menstrual history and ask you some fun questions Ooh. about your period? Yeah. I guess I would just say everybody's story is really different. And like, don't compare apples to oranges. Don't compare your story to mine. Um, You know, some people arrive at parenthood really differently and you never expect it, you know? Um, It comes in crazy, in crazy shapes, you know? Mm. So I would say that and um, yeah, that's it. I'm getting out of breath. (laughs) i've exhausted myself truthfully though i am out of breath if i'm walking and talking these days yes i'm being pregnant so you also made the mistake of moving to the top of a hill which you'll now have to push a baby stroller up yeah but that's how i'll also keep my butt firm that's true get that pelvic floor just buy a car so that Carl can pick yeah. you up from the bottom of the hill and drive you up. <laughs> Tell us about your menstrual journey, your menstrual history. Do you remember your first period? I do remember my first period, and I thought I pooped my pants. Yeah, it was brown. It was brown. And I was like, and then I had cramps, and I was like, what's happening? Am I not feeling good? Weirdest um, poop ever. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I told my mom, and the next day she got me a dozen roses. Oh, mama. Um, what was what was your like pa- uh, product of choice growing up? Pads, 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 pads. Mm. I loved pads. My um, Mid- Midwestern girls do pads I know. because tampons <laughs> and too m- are like penises. Yes. And too many fragrances on those pads. Oh, my mm. God. I was glad when I got, like, when I understood that I did not have to have those fragrances up my cuckoo cajou. <laughs> did you have, like, a, a name for your period when you grew up? Like, a code name? 
I didn't, but I did have a code name for when I was shopping for bras. I, oh, okay. I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't want. I didn't want anybody to know that I was shopping for a bra. So when my mom and I would go to Kohl's, we would use the pseudonym Aunt Helen. And if Aunt Helen liked the bra, then I would say, I think that would be good for Aunt Helen. (laughs) So this is like when you're in the dressing room? Yes. Like in the dressing room trying to figure out, like I just didn't want, I didn't want anything to do with puberty. I was like done. Mm. I was done. Done yeah. before it started. Yeah. Mm. Oh my God. That's so funny. God bless all the parents <laughs> that just go along with the this weird <laughs> stuff when their kids are teenagers. Cause like yeah. poor teenagers are so self conscious. Yeah. Like, yep. So hard. Okay. I'll always cherish my mom, because uh, I had two older brothers and sometimes <laughs> they could be really annoying. And my mom early on, uh, when I could see that they were bugging me, she would just turn to me and quietly go, boys. <laughs> and and it did so much to make me feel better. And like to this day, if, if a man is driving me nuts, I know I can call my mom and be like, boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So simple, so effective. That's, That's great. So cute. Millie, I'm curious what uh, pre cooking a baby in you, what your period was like. Like, what was an a- what's an average period for Millie Brooks? Um, about thirty three to thirty five days long. Wow. Really? Wait, cy- the cycle, not the, the cycle. Period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Oh god. You guys. I just have one guys, long I period. Would, the rest. Of the I year. would be so blue in the face. <laughs> I would be. I'd be furious. Yes, it's a very long cycle. I ovulate on um, cycle day 20, between 18 and 20, which was, you know, very interesting for me as I was Mm -hmm. trying to conceive. Um, And it is very short and sweet. It's like three or four days long. Um, The heaviest day is day number two. Always is. Always is. (laughs) And um, the first day, and I can I can literally predict it from from the cramps that I have. I can tell like within an hour if I'm gonna get it. It's also very interesting to me that uh, the cycle is longer, and but it's still a short period. You know, yes. like like you know, because uh, sometimes because I'm all over the place, I'll have a 24 day cycle, and then in the next fell swoop by a 30 or 34 day cycle and uh and when i talked to my astrologer (laughs) wait uh, a second (laughs) you'll have to tune in (laughs) you're gonna have to listen to that episode but she talked about she's like your body likes to hold on to stuff and it now every time i get a period i'm just like oh yeah my body was holding on for dear life (laughs) to this clotty disgusting uterine lining uh, I don't I don't know so whether to, to be really terrified about that or like how do you fix mm-hmm. that? Or how yeah, do you That's a both I, situation. That, <laughs> <laughs> if your period uh was a person and could indulge in comfort food, what comfort food would your period indulge in? Mac and cheese. Excellent oh, answer. Oh, so oh, good. So are we so talking are we talking craft or are we talking White cheddar or fancy breadcrumbs on top. What are we talking? Any and all kinds. 
I do not discriminate mm. with mac and cheese. Okay, next question. If your period was a character in a TV show, who would it be? Mrs. Roper from The Price is Right. No. <laughs> from, from, from Three's, three's company. company. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I'm getting my 70s TV shows mixed up. I was like, wait a minute. Please I was like, explain she... Mrs. No. Roper. She wore a goddamn moo-moo. <laughs> she wore a moo-moo. She had like dangly earrings and she would just barge in to the house all the time. Because she was, she always suspected shenanigans, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Really, you're Mrs. Roper. I mean, my period is Mrs. <laughs> Roper. <laughs> <laughs> You're always, always poking around looking for hot Listen, <laughs> it's always around the corner. <laughs> I love it. Mrs. Okay. Roper, so if good. a film was made uh, inspired by your period, what would be the name of that film? It can be made up or uh, already made. Jaws. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's really saying something. Jaws. Don't go in the water. Millie's been in there. (laughs) We're going to need a bigger pad. We're going to need a bigger pad. Oh, Millie. Uh, Millie. AKA me, myself, and Millie. Mm -hmm. Yes. It has been such a delight having you on the show. And listeners, if you are remotely more curious about this, you need to follow Millie on Instagram and listen to her podcast because she gets so in the weeds with these topics that we can't even do because we're the three of us are so stupid <laughs> that we, <laughs> we well the thing Speak is for i mean we're somewhat we're kind of smart but we spend so much time building the metaphor to help us understand <laughs> we just don't have time to actually talk about the science <laughs> so yes true. yes follow me i love followers i'll pay you to follow me <laughs> please <laughs> thanks so much for having me guys Thanks for it joining us, Millie. We love you. Oh, yeah. We can't wait to meet that little baby. Oh. Well, you're gonna, you're gonna hold it. Well, big thanks to Millie for being on our show. We had a lovely time with you. As um, and yeah, all the best to you in your pregnancy. That's this episode, y'all. And um, next Wednesday will be the day after the 2020 election. Um, Ooh, we're not prepared for that in more ways than one. So <laughs> what we're going to do on that day is give you all another Everything is Fine episode. So in a week's time, please tune in and listen to a mishmash of mystical and marvelous segments mm-hmm. that, that we surprise each other with just to get our minds off things. So sorry, my cat's whining. <laughs> Desi is really nervous about the election. <laughs> she wants you to vote, okay? If, so everyone, make sure if you haven't voted yet, if you haven't early voted in your state, vote, 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 vote. Our lives depend on it. Do it for Desi. Do it for my cat, Desi. Um, and so yeah, stay tuned for next week. Vote. And in the meantime, keep calm. And vote. And fucking vote. Vote.